John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Welcome back to Chaos in Christ. Welcome back to Chaos and Christ Podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix, and it's a pleasure to have you hang out with me today. Uh, today, you're probably hearing this podcast release a little late. I just had a lot of things that just took place, and I wasn't able to get to it right away, but here it is nonetheless. And I just want to dive in and look at John chapter 1, verse 1 down uh, through verse 5. And I've just been kind of spending some time and studying it. And just absorbing it. And I want to give this bit of chunk to you. Seems like a lot's happening, right? A lot of things are going on in our culture with politics, society, and even your own personal lives. And all that seems to kind of collide within itself, amongst itself, (laughs) into itself. And it just continuously adds to the play. Not to mention you're trying to survive, beat this inflation, build your business, make your money, and uh, obviously serve your clients and, and those that uh, you serve while you work. It's a lot going on. And I think this is important to know um, who Christ is, right? This is chaos and Christ. In this world, there will be tribulation. There will be darkness. But but Christ, he is the light. And this passage, first of all, really gives you an understanding of who Jesus is. And it's... It's so important. It's important to to really think about. So let's just go. We're only going through five uh, verses here, and I like to just kind of elaborate on it and uh, just praying that the, that God uses me as the unworthy vessel that I am to just share this with someone who may be listening, who may need to hear this. So verse one begins with, in the beginning was the word. So in the beginning really just gives you a lot of context as far as time goes. So what we see here is that in the beginning was the word, not that in the beginning the word was started or the word was created or the word was put forth, but in the beginning was the word. There's two sort of words when it comes down to was in the Greek there. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing these things right, but I'm just, I'm giving it a good shot. It's Ito and Iganito. And what that means is Ito equals existed with God before time. So one, when you read the passage in the beginning was the word that is Ito in the beginning, Ito, the word, was the word. 
in the beginning, the word existed with God before time. Essentially, that's what that's saying. And it goes on to read, and the word was with God. So we know, we know that God is and has always been who he has been. He is self-existent. There is no beginning for him. And it's a lot for uh, the finite mind to wrap their heads around because, in fact, they just can't. We are finite. Impossible for us to really exhaust the magnitude of what that means. But he is who he is. As he told Moses, who was very interested to know who he was, what was his name? And God, Yahweh, tells him, I am who I am. I am that I am. I am God. Self-existent. From beginning of time, always has been. And so what we're getting here is the word. And who is the word? If you haven't collected that already, the word is Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. What the, the first passage here is basically telling us that Christ has always been. He's not created. He is God. Because here, the verse goes on to say, and the word was God. Again, Ito existed with God before time. He is God and he was God. He was with God and the word was God. And so make no mistake about this. He is God and he's been there from the beginning. So let's go ahead and just kind of go back to the very beginning in Genesis 1, chapter 1, I should say, verse 1. In the beginning, there goes that phrase again, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, I need you guys to really keep that in your mind, all right? Genesis 1-1 tells us that in the beginning, who created the heavens and the earth? God. In the beginning. Well, check this out in verse 2 of John chapter 1, verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. We're talking about Christ, the Word. Verse 3 says, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made so i'm put emphasis on was because that is the second part that is egenito or egenito or egenito <laughs> i don't even know how they pronounce this but i did some research studied it and i know what i'm talking about right now what this means is to come into being all right, so what we get in verse 3 is that all things, all things were made through him. So everything you see right now, yourself definitely included, but the trees, the clouds, the birds in the air, the, the creatures on the ground, the grass, the flowers, everything, the things seen and unseen, oxygen, gravity, carbon, all these things, all of that was made through the word, through Christ. And without him, without Christ, was, again, that is to come into being, not anything made that was made. So nothing came into being without Christ, without the word. Nothing. What we have, our institutions, our own government institutions in its order comes through him because he created it. And it is 
for him. And we'll get into that a little bit more. So when you go back to Genesis 1-1, after you read verse 3, you're reading, again, reading verse 3, all things were made through him. All things were made through him. So what's all all things? Well, the earth would be included with all things. The world is included with all things. And then you go back to Genesis 1-1, and Genesis 1-1 tells us, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. Christ was with God. Christ is God. All things were made through Christ. And there was nothing that has been made that has not been made by Christ. Very mind-blowing stuff. Only to prove, only to show that even in Genesis, he has been and always was in the beginning. What I'm seeing here is a confirmation of Jesus being the word who was with God and indeed was God. Genesis reminds us that God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. And in verse 3 of John chapter 1, we see that it was through Christ. That is a profound truth that we need to uh, really, really chew on. And then John you know, 1, 2, verse 3 is plainly telling us that Jesus was in the beginning with God the Father and that everything that was made was made by and through the second person of the Trinity, Jesus. So when we look at Genesis 1-1, we can soundly confirm that Jesus is God who created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. Now let's take a look at another passage of scripture, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. We're talking about Christ here. We're talking about Christ here. Paul's talking about Christ. He is before all things. So again, this is another proof that the Holy Spirit, speaking through the apostle, is telling us that he has always been. And it's before all things that we can perceive and know with our, our finite minds. And guess what? Everything that we see right now, all things that seemingly feel like they are in order, that is because Christ holds it together. Jesus holds it together. All things are held by him. He is the word, and the word is is what goes forth, and, and that's what holds us together. Self-explanatory, that we see furthermore that he is before all things, right? Jesus was not created, and there was not a time when Jesus was not He always was and is eternal, and all things are held by Jesus. In the verses before this one, we see that all things that are invisible and visible were made through him, and guess what, guys? For him. They were made for him. He goes on to to list in the the Colossians, in that chapter that I'm I'm, uh, cross-referencing, that thrones, dominions, and rulers their very purpose on earth comes from Christ, and they ultimately serve him. And uh, Hebrews chapter 1, uh, verse 2 to 3, gives us another echo of the supremacy of Christ. We read in, in verse 2, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Again, it's telling us what Christ has done, who he was and always has been. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he holds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, your sin and mine, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. 
So he is God, but the, he is a distinct person from the God the Father. He is God the Son. He is the Word. He is he, he was God incarnate, and he was the one that made purification of sins because when he came down, humbling himself from the position of eternity into flesh to take upon the, cro- the cross for yours and mine sin, that is what we are seeing here. That now he sits at the right hand of the Father. Jesus showed who God the Father was. If you knew who Christ was and you beheld him and by grace you were able to see him for who he really was, Christ, the one who will save his people from their sins, then you know that you saw the Father because you because Christ was there before you. Very, very important stuff. And now verse 3 in John, and I'll just read it again. And these are coming from my notes as I've been reading and just kind of pondering this. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So we're talking about things that come into being, that are created into being. And that is through Christ. Christ always was with God. He existed with God before time. So he wasn't created. He always was. All right. Just a. To kind of kind of you know look into that. So when we read that, let's look at Psalm chapter 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. And then 1 Corinthians 1, 1 Corinthians, my apologies, 8, 6. Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. More passages that point to Jesus just being with the Father in the beginning, directly responsible for the creation of the heavens and the earth, and reminding us why we exist and to whom we belong. Verse 5, Jesus, and now we're about to get into this. Actually, let's get uh, go back to verse 4. In him was life. Well, obviously, right? In him was life. He's the one that created life the the life that we can behold with our own eyes the lives that we are living currently he is the one who spoke it and sustains it and the life was the light of men verse 5 the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it verse 5 is i i spent some time with verse 5 jesus is that light shining in the darkness and what is interesting is that darkness could not overcome it. Now, the word overcome in Greek has a very unique spelling. Um, I'm going to try my best to kind of pronounce it. Catalambano. And I might be pronouncing it way more Puerto Rican than I should be. <laughs> but it means grasp, lay hold of. That's what overcome means. Darkness cannot grasp or touch him it cannot take in his truth nor did it want to but even more so it can't corrupt the light it is impossible this gives us reason to see why man rejected christ and his message because the light cannot and and the king james version says comprehend it and like it just cannot understand it darkness is pervasive in the world 
There is no one that does righteousness. There's no good in, in, in man. All have fallen short of the glory of God. And so, therefore, God had to come and flesh, put on human flesh so that way he could redeem his people from sin because it was rampant and it was darkness. And the darkness could not overcome this light. It's as instant as when you're in a pitch dark room and you flip the switch for the lights to go on. Ask yourself this. How quick did the darkness fade away as soon as the light was on? Instantaneously. One moment it's pitch black, the next you see everything as it should be, as it is. You're able to see what's in front of you. Nothing's hidden. Nothing's left for guess. You can honestly take in and comprehend it all. But the, but the one thing that cannot comprehend light is darkness, which is why I cannot touch it. There is no corruption in light, in real light, in true light. The light is what, what lights the path. And, and then here we are reading that it was the light of men, that Christ is the light of men. Because why? Because men are in darkness. We are in darkness. We choose this darkness. We live in this darkness and we love it for the most part. We love this darkness for the most part. And when Christ steps into the scene, being light, life, the light of men, and darkness not being able to overcome it, we see why men, Pharisees even, religious zealots, would reject Christ. Because if you jump all the way up to John chapter 3, verse 19, it reads, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And that's what Christ does. He steps into your world, the world that you, you fell in love with, the sin that, that, that has dominion over your life, though you won't admit that to yourself. You are enslaved to it. You're an addict for it. You live in that and enjoy it. And your practices are evil. And you do wicked things and deeds. And then Christ comes and steps into the scene who is life, the light of men. And your darkness cannot overcome his light. And so in that, you have to reject and hate him because he exposes your evil. He exposes the fact that you are evil and that your works are evil and that your mind and your thoughts are evil and that God himself doesn't care about the works you do on the outward appearance. He doesn't care how loud you are about praying, how much you go to church, how, how many times you tell your friends you're actually a Christian while you're getting high. It doesn't matter how many times you do any of that. Because at the end of the day, he exposes you to the innermost, deepest part of you. There's no hiding from him. He is the light. He is the light. And the men who, who would be alive, who would be alive, can only see that through Christ. And it can only be through grace that, that we could even behold that. Because ultimately, light exposing us, we hate it's kind of like you have a person, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I'm going to mention it again. You have someone in your life who's just blunt, just straight up, unfiltered, honest. And they're the type of people that aren't afraid to tell you when you are being contradictory or when you're lying or when you're exaggerating. 
or when you are lying thinking no one was an audience to you previously but then the person can cross-examine you and expose you for those lies we've all had someone like that in our lives and you you might have to dig deep to admit this to yourself but the person that called you out on your bs they were right weren't they they actually did call you out on some real stuff but you didn't like them anyway it didn't matter how real it was you didn't like that person and you sure as heck didn't want to hang around them anymore and you found reasons to try to have people join you as to why that person is not good to hang around with you might have called that person a bigot you might have called that person hateful judgmental hypocritical you might have said a lot of things about this person because they called you out on something real that even maybe now at this point in time in life you cannot admit but it's true it's true they hated Trump, you know. Look, guys, I'm not I'm not advocating for Trump, but the, he's a, another interesting example in the political sphere. The way he said it, sure, maybe it was unfiltered, raw, unprofessional, just hard to take in, you know, rough around the edges, nothing eloquent about him speaking at all. He just doesn't speak that well. But, but, you cannot deny that he spits facts hardcore in your face facts and he called out everyone anyone and everyone and for the most part for the most part from what i can tell what i can perceive a lot of that was definitely definitely true and they hated him for it they hated him for it because he exposed their evil and their wickedness they hated him for it all right put him to the side He's one person we all can we all know about who's recent in our history, who has definitely caused a lot of a uh, lot of turmoil within our country. Cool. But think about the person in your own personal lives that have been that way with you and how you tried to avoid them because you didn't like them. Now, let's look at Christ. Who who tells us exactly who we are? Who knows what's in us? Who knows what's in all men? Men would trust him or say they believe him for the signs that he performed, but he would not entrust himself to them. Why? Because he knew what was in man and he did not need man to testify about man. He knows what is in us truly and deeply. And we, in our sin and in our darkness, we love it so much that we reject the light. People love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And the light came to the world. And these are the very people that were, were waiting and preaching, hoping and waiting for this Messiah to arrive, to save them. But they just, they missed it. They missed it. They thought that they had eternal life through their traditions, through their practices, through their outward appearance. But they did not. Because they loved sin and they were far from God. There's a lot happening right now with the WHO, and I thought about talking about that, but I'm not going to. They're meeting. They're talking about getting some power. Could be the end of American sovereignty as we know it. I don't know. It's an, it's an insane and interesting time to live in. But what I guess what I want to leave with you is this, that if all things were made 
through him, for him, and he holds all things together. And the dominions and rulers and authorities of this earth are serving his purpose. And what's happening with the World Economic Forum and what's happening with the World Health Organization, our own government, communist China, and, 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 every, and every corporate oligarch and, and tech giant out there, whatever they're doing, whatever they're conspiring, it is serving the will of God ultimately. He is God. You think the God of this universe who created it and sustains it by the power of his very word has lost sight and, and grasp of what's happening with some rulers that he created? You think he really just lost it? You know, I get angry with the, the idea of totalitarianism and tyranny, communism. I hate that this could be a, a true reality within maybe potentially late in my lifetime, early on in my daughter's lifetime. I hate that feeling. But but my trust is in Christ, who sustains us and holds us together, who binds us through his word. So we have nothing to fear. If you fear death and persecution and suffering and all these things, then this would be a good moment in time to really recognize if you are in the light or are you still abiding and in love with your darkness? Because Christ is the light. Christ has set us free. He has opened up the door to have that relationship with him because he took yours and mine sin on the cross. And all that is happening and all that's taking place right now, here and now, it should make you just laugh a little bit, honestly. Make you chuckle for just a, a few moments. It's not it's it's not something to take lightly. And I, I do believe that we should be active and local in, in our local politics and being aware but ultimately, if we are sitting under the, underneath the judgment of God, we are under the judgment of God. There's nothing we can do. God has said so. And we have sinned against him and we have turned our backs. The church has fallen and failed and we get what we deserve. And we definitely get the government we deserve. But take, take root in this, that he is life and he is the light of men. Christ, Christ alone, this chaos is is happening and it doesn't take him by surprise and he will use it all for his glory. So where do you play in this? Is Christ yours? Has he called you out? Has he saved you and redeemed you? Have you placed your trust in him and the finished work of the cross? Have you abandoned your life in this world and know that in Christ you have him? And in the next. That's a question you're going to have to ask yourself. My my friend. And, and I hope that you really stop and consider it. We can get all bogged down with what's happening with, with tyranny and totalitarianism. And you know the one world government system. I'm not doubting any of that, that that's taking place honestly. What I'm trying to say is what control do you have? Ultimately no. Nothing. Not really. Not really, but if you are in Christ and you are saved and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, then guess what your responsibility is, is to live for the glory of God and to preach the gospel to those that, that God has placed in your life and know that, they're, that, that those people that, placed, that are in your life, 
They might not even like you anymore. They might hate you. They themselves might be little tyrants over your lives because of your faith. Well, wake up and get with it because that's the call of our lives. I am sick of this whole health and wealth and prosperity thing that even I came out of many years ago. That doesn't help in times like this and definitely won't give the soul what it needs in the future to come. But Christ is the light of men. And if you hate your darkness, then you know that your hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. And if you, and if you hate Christ, his word, if you, if you don't like Christians, then you, you, my friend, might still be in the darkness. So I'll leave you with this. Have joy in Christ and in Christ alone. And remember, in the midst of chaos, Christ is there. Until next time, God bless.